Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway, and as always, I'm joined by Jonathan Krauss and Max Keen. Uh, so we're starting this podcast, and really our goal is to teach uh, teens and young adults and people of all ages how we can live gospel-centered lives in today's world, because it's not easy to live as representatives of Christ in a fallen world. But before we you know, go into those lessons in the coming weeks, the coming months, and the coming years, we thought it was important to explain what the gospel is at its heart. Why are we even doing this? What is it that we're trying to represent? What could God have given us that is so great, so amazing and immaculate and beyond words that we're going to devote our lives to it? But before we jump into it, how are you guys doing today, Max and Jonathan? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Stuck at home with the coronavirus, but giving me time to spend with my family, so I'm very thankful for that. Same here. Uh, just buying my time at home and honestly excited to really get going on this podcast and excited to see what the future holds. Yeah, so the gospel is, it's a truth that changes lives. It's, it's something that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, it has been the center of millions of people's lives. And it's the gospel. So we'll start with this. The gospel, the word gospel means good news. And this whole story that we're going to be telling today is good news that God has given us. Uh, and we're, we're going to explain what the bad news is at the beginning. And then we're going to go on and explain what God has done for us about this bad news. So uh, I guess we'll start at the very beginning. The Bible opens up with the story of Adam and Eve and Jonathan is going to explain to us what we learn from that story of Adam and Eve and how it points us to what the problem is in our lives today. So as we're starting this explanation of the gospel, we obviously we want to start from the very beginning and we want to start from, you know, where it all started. And uh, for anybody that's wondering, all the information that we are getting in this podcast and that we will be drawing from for the rest of the episodes is, is from the Bible. And ultimately, we believe that all all of the Bible, all of scripture is, is God breathed and that it's given to us so that we can better understand the heart of God and who God is and the reason that God has given us this good news. So if we start really in the very beginning, right in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, Adam and Eve were created, uh, not going into the details of this, of the seven days of creation, um, but the two first human beings on earth were uh, Adam and Eve. And Originally, everything was created exactly the way that God had intended it to be. And everything was created perfect in God's eyes. And God, it says right in, in scripture that God thought it was good. God said it was good. That creation was good. But God didn't create robots. He created human beings. And because of that, a choice was given to Adam and Eve free will was given to Adam and Eve. And when they were created, they were placed in a garden. And in that garden, God said, you can eat from anything uh, in the garden, any of the trees, any of the plants. Um, you can, you can go anywhere, you can eat anything. But in this, in, in the garden was a, a tree and 
this tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said that no matter what happens, Adam and Eve cannot eat from this tree, cannot eat the fruit of this tree. And essentially, uh, Satan, the devil, uh, tempted Adam and Eve and got them to eat the fruit of the, to eat the fruit of the tree. And they ended up sinning against God. Now, what is sin? We have to talk about what sin is in general. And sin is really anything that breaks the laws of God, that anything that goes against the will of God. And after Adam and Eve ate from the tree of, of good and evil, sin was represented or was introduced into the world. And Adam and Eve, their eyes were opened and they saw their nakedness and they were afraid of God and they were essentially separated from God. The relationship with God, which used to be so intimate and perfect, was was ruined. And because of federal headship, uh, just a simple explanation of federal headship, uh, basically sin is passed down uh, from generation to generation. And in Romans 3.23 in the New Testament, uh, the Bible says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so what that's saying is because of the the consequences of Adam and Eve, now every single one of us has sin in our lives. And we have this issue where we can no longer live up to the perfect standard of God. We can't be in a relationship with God because of the sin that we have in our lives, because of the uh, the deeds of Adam and Eve when they were first created. But the story doesn't end there. We, we're not eternally separated from God. There is hope for us. And I think looking back at what sin is, people so often compare themselves saying like, oh, I, I'm better than this person. I'm better than um, my sin isn't as bad as that person. And so I'm sure God would look at me and have favor on me. But re- in reality, every bit of sin that we fall into, every time we go against what God says, that's deserving of death. And I think so often we compare ourselves to the standard of man rather than the standard of God. And so God set the standard for us and we need to look at ourselves compared to that standard. And if we do that, we see that nobody's perfect. Nobody can do anything according to what God has said. And or nobody can do everything according to what God has said. And because of this, we're all deserving of death. And so in our lives, I think we need to look and see, are we really as good as we make ourselves sound? Or are we truly in need of saving from our sins? This is definitely something that everybody on earth struggles with. Because like Max was saying, God's standard is perfection. And that sounds high and that sounds harsh, but he's a holy God. He's a perfect God. And in order to allow anything into his presence, into heaven, it has to be unblemished and perfect. Matthew chapter 5 verse 48 says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So knowing that we've all been affected by sin and we've all done things wrong and done things against God's law, we have to have something stand in our place. We have to have something that takes away our sin. Because if we show up to God with the sin that we have, we're not going to be able to make it uh, past his standard of perfection. Uh, second, 
in second Corinthians 11 verse three, it says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So every single one of us has been led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And we can see this, the natural fallen nature of man through children. When a child comes into the world, nobody needs to teach that child to be selfish or to take things that aren't theirs. We need to teach the child to be respectful of others and to be loving and kind toward its family members and its friends and everybody around it. The reason we need to do this is because everybody comes into this world with the stain of sin on them. Everybody comes into this world doing things that are against God's law. And we need to teach ourselves to follow God's law and obey God's law. But even if we did that, even if even if we lived our lives and say by the age of 25, you perfectly understood everything and you lived the rest of your life free from sin. That's not possible, but let's let's say it is for the sake of conversation. Even if you did that, you would still have the first 25 years of your life full of sin, and that would not be enough to get you past God's standards. So it, it seems hopeless at this point, but the good news is that as we go further into this podcast, you'll see how the Word of God walks us through His plan for salvation for us and how amazingly loving and gracious and merciful God truly is to us. Now, even if you get to the point where you understand that God created the world and he created Adam and Eve and then Adam and Eve sinned and sin came into the world and they disobeyed God. So now us as humans, we are separated from God. We can no longer have a personal relationship with God as we are. Even if you get to that point, you need to accept that. A common misconception is that, well, if I just pile on good works, you know, and, and my good works outweigh, you know, the bad stuff, then I'm okay. Then I'm fine. But one, you know, one uh, analogy that we always use when we're out sharing the gospel is if, if someone made you a, a beautiful cake, uh, a gorgeous wedding cake with uh, many different flavors and different tiers and different icings, and it was just, it looks so delicious. But the person that made you that cake put some poop in it, like some dog poop, and mixed it in with the batter. Would you still eat that cake? And obviously, no one would want to eat a cake. But, you know, there's only a little bit of dog poop in there. There's only a little. But that's how our lives are with sin at the same time. Even if you're 99% of your works, 99% of things that you've done in life are good, are considered good and righteous in the eyes of God, there's still that 1% of you that is bad and that separates you from God. Therefore, there's nothing that we can do personally on our own to overcome this barrier of sin, this, this barrier that has separated us from God. There's nothing that we can do by ourselves. And essentially in this place that we are, we're hopeless without some intermediary person, which we will get to in a minute, to step in on our behalf. So as we've been hinting to, God had a plan for this. God knew that Adam and Eve fell away from him in the garden and that this was going to affect the rest of humanity for the rest of time. So every single one of us is born into sin, but at the same time, we have to be sinless and free of any blemish in order to get into his kingdom and in order to be welcomed into his family. So how could this, how could these two truths both exist at the same time, but somehow people also come to salvation in Jesus Christ? Like it doesn't seem reconcilable until you understand God's plan for us. So when you look at the scriptures throughout the Old Testament, 
people tried to sacrifice animals. They tried to sacrifice, they, God commanded them to sacrifice their first fruits, which means that when they grew uh, fruits and vegetables, they had to give God the very first of what they got. And when they raised animals, they had to give God the very best animals that they had, the most perfect, the most holy, you know, um, without blemish animals that they had in their entire gardens. But this didn't do it because none of these sacrifices were perfect. All of the fruit and all of the animals still did not perfectly suffice God's anger and God's wrath towards sin. Because here's the thing, God hates sin. So if we have sin in our lives, God looks at that and he abhors it. He abhors the sin that we have in our lives. And he can't, he can't get past it when we're, when we're standing at his front gates. He said, I gave you these commandments and you have strayed from me and you have just decided, made the, the intentional decision to disobey my commandments. How can I let you in? And then we see that he sent Jesus Christ. So these, these sacrifices that the Old Testament, uh, the, the you know, Abraham and Moses and Isaac and all the people uh, back in that day, the sacrifices that they gave, they only were temporary sacrifices to cover sin. They had to do it every year to cover their sins. Um, and the reason for this is that the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So there has to be some perfect sacrifice for our sins, something that covers them from eternity to eternity. And the animals and the first fruits just weren't that perfect sacrifice that we were looking for. But luckily, God stepped in in his gracious, merciful plan. He stepped in and he stepped in in a way that we can't even imagine. Jesus Christ was the perfect son of God, the only son of God. He came down to earth and he was fully God and fully man. And he came down to earth and he, not only did he live a life among his creation, so, so he created us and then he decided to come down onto earth and live among us. Not only did he do that, but he became a servant to us. So he served people as he was on this earth. So it's just try to wrap your mind around this, this idea that Jesus created us and he is so much higher and so much greater than we'll ever be. But he humbled himself to the point where he came down to earth to serve us. So that's just one part of the story, though. He humbled himself to the point where he came down to serve us, but he also lived a perfect life. He lived a sinless life. He is the only human being that's ever lived that was not stained with sin because of his godly nature. So he lived his entire life on earth, and the Bible says that he set the example for us. He lived a life. He was tempted and tried just as we are, yet without sin. He, he lived the life that God calls us all to live. But what good is it that this one man lived the life that God calls us all to live while the rest of us are still stuck in sin? And this, this is where God's plan comes to fruition. Jesus Christ, as, as most people know, he died on the cross. But what does that mean? Most people don't understand the significance of Jesus dying on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he was the perfect sacrifice. The Bible uh, uses this word and it's, it's a big theological word. It's called imputation. But what it means is that Jesus's perfection is transferred to everybody who comes to salvation in him. And we're going to talk about what that means. What, is, what does it mean to come to salvation? What are some practical steps that we can take straight from scripture and we can do in our lives to come to salvation? We'll get to that uh, toward the end of this episode. But anybody who comes to salvation in him has been wiped clean of their sin. Because Jesus, when he died on the cross, he took 
all of the punishment that we all deserve for our sin, he took it on himself. Like Jonathan said, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So everybody sinned. And if you look a little bit later in the chapter of Romans, Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. This means that everybody who has sinned deserves death. And this is why we all die uh, in our lives. We all die because we have sinned. And the wages of sin is death. But this, this is not where the verse ends. The verse continues and says, But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So God knows that we all deserve death. But he sent his son, Jesus Christ, down to come and die on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't deserve death because he had no sin. But the reason that he died on the cross was to take all of the sin from all of the rest of humanity and pay the price for all of us. So he gave us his perfection and he took our sin onto him and he paid the penalty that we all deserve for our sin. Now, this, when we talk about eternal life, it doesn't mean you never die because of course we're all going to reach our earthly death. But what it means is that once we die of this earth, we're going to go to some, we're going to go to a place much more glorious and much, much greater than we could even imagine. We're going to go be in the presence of God in heaven and we get to stay there for the rest of eternity. So God has given us this free gift, even though we didn't deserve it, even though there's nothing that we could have done of ourselves, there's no amount of good works or, or praying or going to church or any of this. There's no, nothing that any single human being could do on his own to save himself. But God knew he was the only one who could save us. So he sacrificed his perfect son to give us the salvation that we don't even deserve. So just a recap of what we've talked about so far is we all have sin in our lives. We've all gone against um, God. We've all done things that are in disobedience to him. And because of that, we're all deserving of death. But Jesus Christ lived a life, lived it perfectly, died, and was raised on the third day. And his resurrection, his life at past death is what gives us our hope. He lives, and because of that, we can have victory. Now, not everyone is going to accept him. Not everyone is going to believe him. And as we talked about earlier, there's nothing we ourselves can do to earn um, the gift of God. There's nothing we can do that will allow us to be with God. And so what Christ did when he died, he made a way giving us the gift of eternal life. But it's a choice whether or not we're, we take it and we call Christ our Savior, we trust in him, or we can let it be and try and do it on our own. And so the choice is up for anyone. Christ died so that anyone who believes in him, anyone who loves him, anyone who calls upon his name can have eternal life. And the ways to ex- or the way to accept that there's only one way through Jesus Christ is to turn away from our sins. We have to leave behind our life uh, in darkness, leave behind all the things that we did that were against God's command. Now, we're not going to do it perfectly. Nobody can live life. Um, nobody can live life without sin. We've talked about that already. And time after time, even those who trust in Christ are going to sin. But 
as long as we're going against those things and trying to pursue God and trying to follow him in all his ways, that our life would reflect him. Like, I think of a time where me and my dad, we went to um, pick up a car from my great-grandma, and I didn't know the way back home, and so my dad was like, all right, follow me. And so I got in one car and he got in the other and I was following him. And eventually he got too far ahead that I didn't know where I was going. And so I was about 20 minutes from my house and I thought, oh, you know, I think I think I know how to get home from here. And eventually, as I was going, I realized that I was going the wrong way. And in our own lives, we're going the wrong way before we encounter Christ. We're going the way that is evil, the wrong way to life. But we need to turn around and we need to live our life in a way that's pleasing to God. And again, it's not going to be perfect. Nobody can live it perfectly. It's through Christ alone, not by our works. So our works don't amount to anything. As Ephesians um, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 say, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And I think that if we we trust that it's through God alone, if it's through Him alone, He gives us the strength to overcome sin. And again, we're not going to live perfectly. We're not going to be able to completely destroy the sin in our lives. But... It's the direction that we're moving. And so turning and what the Bible says is repentance, turning away from your sin and not going back, letting that be a past part of your life and not living in it. And we also have to trust. We have to trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and trusting that Christ, his sacrifice was fully paid, that He lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross and three days rose again so that we can have eternal life. Yeah, Max just, he gave us the application for today's episode is that we need to turn from our sins because we're all born walking towards sin. Like like I said earlier, like we've all said, that we're born walking in sin. And it's like if you think of a timeline, God is at one end of the timeline and the sin is at the other end. We all are born walking towards sin. What we need to do in turning is we need to make that 180 degree turn and go toward God. Because if you're pursuing sin, you're walking away from God. But if you're pursuing God, you're walking away from sin. Now, what is this? What? So we've talked about the great things that come when you come to salvation in God. Um, but what does what happens to those people who will never come to salvation in Christ? And Jesus Christ does a great job of explaining this in Matthew chapter 25. Um, verses, verses 31 through 46, Jesus talks about the difference between those who come to Christ and those who never come to Christ. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to, uh, choose a few verses out of this example to show you what Jesus says will happen to both those who come to salvation and those who don't come to salvation. In verse 33, he says, he referring to God will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And so in this story, the sheep represent those who come to salvation 
and the goats represent those who never came to salvation in Christ. And he continues in verse 34, he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed in my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So God has prepared a kingdom uh, for those who come to salvation. He's been preparing it since the foundation of the world. And this kingdom will go to those who are blessed by God, who came to salvation in him. Those are the sheep. But then in verse 41, we hear what happens to the goats, those who never come to salvation in Christ. Uh, Jesus says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So it sounds harsh, but the gospel message wouldn't have its strength and its, its absolute power if we didn't understand what God is saving us from. So there's two options that the Bible talks about. Those who come to salvation will be in God's kingdom that he's been preparing since the foundation of the world, will be in God's presence for eternity. It'll be greater than anything we could ever imagine. And then there's the other side of the equation for those who don't come to salvation in God. They will be thrown into the fire that's been prepared for the devil and his angels. And it's an eternal fire. It's The Bible says there's suffering, there's gnashing of teeth, there's weeping in this fire. It's not, it's not pretty at all. But God luckily has saved us. And the Bible describes this as a free gift. Like I said earlier, when I was talking about Romans chapter six, verse 23, the Bible describes it as a free gift of God. God is reaching his hand down to us. And all we have to do is grab it and, and be taken up with him. One, one way that I like to think about it is, is all religions in the world, except for Christianity, show you a picture of a mountain. And they tell you that God is on top of the mountain and you're at the bottom, the foot of the mountain. And it's up to you. God gives you the map to make it up to him. But it's up to you to follow the map and to make it up the mountain and to finally get to God. Uh, it's up to your strength and your works to get there. But in Christianity, it's the exact opposite. God doesn't give you a map and, and tell you to rely on your own strength to make it up the mountain. God reaches down the mountain, grabs you, and brings you back up to him. So all who come to salvation in Christ have been have been taken by God's hand and are brought up to him on the top of the mountain. God does the work for us because of his grace and his mercy. And all we have to do is accept the gift that he's given us. Before we close out, I want to tell a story that exemplifies the life-changing power of the gospel. Uh, Max, Jonathan, and I have been on a series of missions trips with each other. Three summers in a row, we went to different places around the world to share God's glory and his amazing grace and to share this gospel message that we've been sharing with you today. One particular night, Jonathan and I were sharing the gospel with a Jewish lady on the sidewalk in Pennsylvania. And many Jewish people uh, believe in the same scriptures that we as Christians believe in, but they only believe in the Old Testament, which means of everything we've told you today, many Jews only believe in the first half of it. They only believe in the fact that all people are fallen and all people haven't met God's standards, but they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah. Because in their scriptures, God promised that there would be somebody to come and save them from their sins. But they haven't seen that it was Christ who was this person. They, they are still waiting for this person to come save them from their sins. So Jonathan and I were talking to a Jewish lady uh, on the sidewalk in Pennsylvania, and she, she was looking through her Bible, trying to understand what we were telling her about, trying to understand how Jesus has saved us. And she's like, I don't see it in here. And what we did was we pointed her toward Isaiah chapter 53. And Isaiah chapter 53 is in the Old Testament, which means it's in the Jewish Bible. And it talks about the sacrifice that Jesus made. This was a prophecy written hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth, but it describes exactly the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us. 
it's, I'm going to take a little excerpt from the chapter and read it for you here. This is Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So this talks about a man who is pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. It talks about how all of us have gone astray, but he brings us back to his own way. God laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. And this, this is the, the truth that I want to close it out with. Because when we told this lady, when we told this, this woman about the amazing truth of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, her life was changed. She looked at Isaiah 53 and it opened her mind. She, she finally understood the amazing grace and the amazing mercy that God has shown us in saving us from our sins. So in this episode, we talked about how Adam and Eve sinned in the beginning. And as a result of this, all people have been fallen ever since then. And none of us on our own could reach God's perfect standard. But Jesus Christ came in and he stepped in and he took our sins on himself. He lived a perfect life and he sacrificed. He, he was the ultimate sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice that will eternally satisfy God's wrath. And whoever comes to salvation in Jesus Christ will be saved. The Bible tells us there are two things, and that's our application for the episode today. There are two things we must do to accept this gift, like Max explained to us earlier. We must have faith that Jesus Christ was who he says he was, and that he truly was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And we must repent. Uh, the Bible, this is a big word that the Bible uses, but really it just means turn. We must turn from our sins. We must repent from what we've been doing, and we must turn to follow God. And it was like the example that I gave earlier. We're all walking towards sin, but we need to turn around and follow God. We just wanted to share this with you guys today because this news, this good news, the gospel has changed each of our lives and we would not be the same person we are without it. We have seen the amazing love that God has shown for us, that he sacrificed his own son so that we might be saved and we might be able to sit uh, in his kingdom in eternity. And we wanted to share that with you guys because there are so many people walking around on this earth who will never see the truth and see the, the gospel and see the love that God had for them. And they'll never accept that free gift that God's offering us. But we wanted each and every one of you guys to know that God loves you. God has a plan for you. And God sacrificed his own son so that you might come to salvation in him. And the Bible gives us excellent explanation of this and an excellent explanation of what we must do in order to receive the salvation. So we want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, love each other and shine your light.